0: Started to work on this about four or five years ago. This this idea. I must say that the play and the early childhood questions in general have have never been really at the really core of my my interest. But about four years ago, four or five years ago, I uh, I met my my now co-author William Doyle in New York, and we both uh, we both had young children then, and we started to think about you know talking about differences in Finland. When it comes to uh, education and and, and um, in the United States and the play of course became a kind of a uh, big issue. we were quite alarmed about the the similar trends around the world how the how the time for children to play and the importance of play in within education and life in general has been declining really around the world um, so we um, we engaged in this uh, this work a little bit more more deeply and, and started to look around whether the situation really is that bad um, uh, in in most of the countries, all of the countries, or whether they are kind of a positive uh, positive things. So that's the that that was a kind of a starting point for the for the publication. And and the, the uh, deeper we went into research. Uh, an analysis of different things, the more excited we got about this, uh, this thing. And we, we, we adapted this notion that play is, is really a fundamental element of the, the human condition, just to t- try to make our point that play is not just something that we should do in our schools for the purposes of any particular outcomes or that the parents should be, uh, providing their children with a Time to play because somebody somebody says so. But we we understand that the play is not just a natural part of life as humans, but it's also among all the other animals. So it's a, it's a kind of a condition, the way we express ourselves, and and we all should understand that we learn many important things that we need in life now and in the future through play, and we express our our emotions and ourselves. Um, and in the t- times like this also the, we cope with the fears that we may have better through play um, and that the, the play is the way that we all, and particularly children can better express their, their identities who they, who they are and finally I think that the, the, the notion of uh, 21st century skills that has been there around uh, the education community at least the last 20 years um, includes many, probably most of those skills that I've seen included in the, in the 21st century skills are exactly those skills that young people learn through play when they actively engage in play. For example, communication, creativity, conflict, resolution, self-regulation and other thinking skills. And um, and those are the things that we, we really believe um, and we also know from research that are often present when when children or adults, when we engage in high-quality play, we kicked off with the um, uh, with a kind of a thorough desk research. We, because we both, William and, and myself, as I said, we we are not the childhood play experts uh, initially. My research has been on in many other other areas before that, and, and William is uh, is an author and writer. So we we the first thing we did was we did a massive amount of uh, desk research reading a lot of um research and uh, project reports and surveys on childhood play and and how does it manifest itself in different parts of the world and uh we also engaged in examining some aspects of the the global education uh, policies and education reform, reforms in general in order to understand uh, how how play is present or absent in these current education uh, policies, and then we went to we established a, a a pool of global experts. So we invited about 70 to 80 people that we considered through this desk research as some of the thought leaders and and leading scholars and um, and experts in, in play, and we interviewed uh, all of them. We, so we ask them uh, questions about why, why play is important and, and why why should it be part of the uh, part of the children's growing up everywhere uh, and anywhere in, in the world uh, right now. And uh, then we put together, we have a, a massive amount of data. Um, from these interviews and uh, and desk research, and put it together as a first uh, uh, manuscript. We were actually able to um, mostly identify what we call the bad news. And if if anybody reads the book, uh, you know, the first seven chapters really is identifying a lot of kind of inconvenient truths or bad news or negative developments in most countries, so this is a a kind of a striking finding. But we also wanted to to show that there are some positive things, and it's true, actually, that at the system level, if we look at the countries overall and their national education policies and what the systems look like uh, in the the big picture, the the, uh, situation uh, regarding childhood play in schools or outside of the school uh, is not very encouraging. So the, the development in most of the countries has been uh, similar in terms of declining time for children to play at home and also the, the kind of a play time being squeezed out from from schools. But then the good news that we also wanted to give in this book um, become more visible when we take up close look at some of the countries. For example, The United States that is often often held as a one system uh, where mostly problematic things can be identified, but there there are a number of interesting experiments um, happening in the United States, and we are reporting some of those uh, in in the book as and the section of kind of a good news, uh, as we say. One of one of those uh, first experiments that we we really came across, um, and I, I know that. Better personally because I've been I've been uh, working and, and um, collaborating with the with the leaders of this uh, experiment. It have, takes place in northern uh, part of Texas, in Dallas um, Dallas area, where we call this a triple research experiment, where the, the very simple idea that was actually transmitted by one individual uh, person from Finland to um, to northern Texas was to just give children three times more recess or free time during the, every school day than they they, they uh, currently had there. This was like ten ten years ago, and and of course this triple recess more more recess time for kids um, led to more play during the school day, and the early results were really encouraging. I went to see the experiment myself there, and uh, basically everybody. Praise the positive uh, impact of uh, of more playtime and outdoor activities for children, uh, their well-being and happiness, and engagement and uh, ab- ability to focus and concentrate on things. Um, so that that was a thing that made um, this particular experiment into our book. Then the other one, a little bit different experiment that we we identified uh, was in Scotland, what we call the active play experiment, and I've been. I've been advising the the Scottish government now for for four years and I've been uh, taking a closer look at this active play in uh, in Scotland. And it's significant in the sense that it started as a a minor experiment in in one of the urban uh, centers in Scotland uh, but has now been expanding as a national national program, really, where the government has endorsed the, the active play as part of the part of the every community in every school and this active play simply means that children young children in the primary school are given more time to to play outdoors outside and this is of course interesting that it happens in Scotland where the weather and the circumstances are not always uh, that favorable for outdoor play but again the uh, research results of this extending time for outdoor play and often playing in the mud and uh, and muddy puddles there um, has been really positive for children's, uh, again, children's ability to engage more actively in um, in their acad- academic and, and all school work um, in general. Then the third one that I would like to mention here, the third uh, play experiment. This is something that we least expected, actually, when we were looking at this, and it's an Anji play or true play experiment in, in China. And uh, Anji play has now become... Uh, famous because it's, it's it's really spreading around the world as a good example of a, what the really young children can do. The average place idea is that children, very young children, you are talking about children who are between 2 or 3 and 5, 6 years old. So it's in the very early years that they spend two hours of every day when they are in a, in a kindergarten or, or preschool outdoors playing freely. So it's a free free play experiment and they can build and they can paint and they can get dirty and they can even hurt themselves uh, as they wish without any intervention of the parents or teachers or adults over there. And then what happens is very interesting in this experiment is that the the kids they go indoors and they watch the recorded play sessions when they're playing themselves and, and try to kind of understand and explain the others what they are doing, what's happening there. And the play, again, the ANGIE play has had a really positive uh, impact on, in many ways on, on these children who often live in, live in the families where the parents have high expectations uh, for their yeah. academic performance. But the ANGIE play is now finding its way here in Australia and um, and some parts in the United States like San Francisco and uh, um, and some northern states uh, okay. over there, and there are many others there are many uh, yeah, many other experiments that you can actually find uh, as a positive example, so if you dig a little bit deeper into the systems. All education systems today wish to do better, and uh, this includes Finland and Canada and the u k and any system wants to improve the learning, uh, learning outcomes. they often what they do is that they launch new educational reforms that to my understanding uh, often include a kind of a different changed combinations of all old conventional means like changing the curriculum and a little bit more or less assessment or, or using computers or devices. Uh, but the evidence also shows around the world that many if not most of these efforts that we have seen and we will continue to see uh, fail or end up in a disappointment and one so one thing that many efforts to fix our schools um uh, what makes them fail is that they they do not take into account the, that the young people in our schools often live with all kinds of challenges emotional social behavioral uh that all make the learning in school and at home uh, much harder. This is one of those things that we clearly realized when we were writing, doing this research and writing the book is that the children's well-being and health has really declined in most parts of the world. That, that makes their learning, um, harder. However, the, as I said, many of the educational reforms and education policies don't directly take this into uh, consideration. We believe that before we can expect school learning among our children to improve, we need to help them feel better, be healthier, and um, even happier in the school, and experience learning as a positive thing in the school. And and we argue in the book, we argue that play, uh, if we do it properly and consistently, uh, in school and at home, can do uh, all of these things. So research, for example, over the years has shown that, that when children engage in high-quality play, or we, in the book we call it a deeper play, It can have positive, uh, impact on their social development, emotional development, physical development, and also cognitive uh, development. That is, uh, the, the, one of the big part of what our schools are doing. So we should know that, that not any play will do that. That's a kind of a misconception that people have, that just, just, you know, letting children play in school would do miracles, but it don't. And that's why in in this book we make a case for what we call a deeper play that requires that children's play is based on at least the, the following five ele- elements that the educators, teachers, who should be prepared to do that, closely um, endorse and uh, strengthen and monitor. And these five elements are self-directed play. That means that the children should be able to decide and and lead the play they do, rather than play being directed by adults or somebody else. The second one is the intrinsic motivations that should be the driver of this play, rather than motivation that comes from outside, where, again, an adult or, in a school case, a teacher will um, will be the motivation for children to play. The, f- the third one is the, the the play based on positive emotions. Children have to feel safe and happy and positive when they play rather than uh, being scared or uh, fearing, uh, doing afraid of doing something. The fourth one is that the play, when play is pro- uh, what we call a process-oriented rather than uh, focusing on products, getting something done, it's often... Engages children in the, in a deeper way. And fifthly, the the more children can and will use their imagination when they play, the better the play. So what we are saying here is that when when learning through play is based on uh, these elements and there may be some others, we are we have a good reason to expect that also what the children do in school or if they do these things at home will lead to Uh, many of these very positive outcomes that the research and many many of these experiments are promising us I I think the the first thing we really want to get this book to do in our societies and communities is that we all need to understand better what play actually is and why it is important in these days for development and learning of all children Um, and our research really indicates that although parents may may think that, yes, play is part of the children's growing up and their lives, but when they are asked to choose whether, whether it's better for their children to be in the coaching class for mathematics or science or summer camp where they learn more academics rather than play, then the decision often Indicate that the play is still a kind of a secondary thing. So we we would like to, um, you know, all of us parents and teachers to understand much better what the play, what the potential of and the power of play would be, especially the policy makers that we we uh, we have deciding uh, what the schools will look like in the future. Then, the secondly, I think if the if the parents now. Uh, or teachers, if they wish to reduce or put some limits to the time our children and teenagers spend on screen-based devices and media and technology, we believe that play can be a a very potential alternative to do that. Too often we see that that parents and schools try to to put limits to children's and and young people's um, smartphone use or technologies, for example, is to to introduce bands and, uh, you know, take the devices away. We believe that play is much more positive way to do that. Uh, let's put our devices away and, and go out outside and play. And this is particularly something that we would like the parents to see. And especially outdoor play is an is important uh, important thing. So hoping that if anybody reads this book, book and is convinced that, yes, play, play has so many... Benefits and also that the play time that, they, that what the children spend time on playing outdoors or indoors today is much less than the many of the or most of the parents did when they were uh, at the same age uh, than their children. That we need to do something uh, something about it. Then, the thirdly, we also propose that parents and schools should adapt a principle that we call a an hour of play every day, and this by this we mean that every school should uh, offer every child every day at least one for, um recess and free time, and all the parents, all the families, should also put this one hour playtime standard for themselves that um, would mean that every every day children would have preferably One hour outdoor time to play and um, express themselves. We know that many parents um, already do this; they play a lot with their kids, but not all. Uh, We also know that um, many of the schools and some of the schools, like all the schools in Finland, do that every every day. Children have one hour time to play, but not all schools. So this is what we would like to um, encourage. People to do. And then finally, I, I think we also encourage all adults, um, including certainly parents and teachers, to play more, play more among themselves, but especially play more with the, with the children. Um, I think, and we think that this will make us better people, better parents and better teachers and, and happier people as well. Um, and when we... When we are better, we also uh, we can take better care of our children and help them to to live and learn to live lives in this very uh, uncertain and uh, unpredictable world that we're living in.